Get ahead of the postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Welcome back to uh, the last episode of the year. This is a 2023 year in review episode. Next uh, next week will be 2024, so we will uh, probably look ahead at the year. <clears throat> but in this episode, we're going to go back in time and kind of start with the beginning of the year. And, uh, you know, it was it was a pretty big year for Apple in terms of like, well, obviously, Apple Vision Pro kind of makes it a big year. Um, and it does the same for 2024 when it actually comes out. But uh, we first started off the year in, you know, with uh, January. It's <laughs> all year start off. But uh, in January, we got the HomePod, which was a huge shock because, well, they killed off the HomePod and then they randomly brought it back for some reason and like didn't make any huge major improvements to the design or really to... I mean, the sound is good. It's always been good. That was never really a problem. But Hartley, when the HomePod came back, what were your initial reactions to that? Well, I was really pleased because I was a huge fan of the original HomePod. Um, and it was just sort of so unexpected because we'd been waiting for those Macs that came in January for a long time. We've been talking about them since October, since we didn't get an October event last year. But the HomePod, it had been kind of floating around in some rumors that maybe they were going to bring it back. Maybe they weren't. Um, and so when that finally emerged, I, I think it was a really nice January release. Um, I, I think it's a, it's a shame about where it is priced um, still, as, the, as, as was the case with the original model, but it is still a great piece of hardware. And even the little improvements that this new model introduced, like you've got the faster chip, you've got the slightly nicer looking uh, a sort of lit up illuminated um, LED <coughs> array on the top. Yeah, um, and some refinements to to the audio quality, even though they've removed some tweeters. Um, but I still think it's a great device. Um, I'm definitely going to pick some up um, quite soon, actually. So really, yeah, you're not really going to wait. See it come back. You're not going to wait for the for the next gen model with the uh, with the, well, the screen potentially. Um, I wouldn't pay full price for the original model at this uh, for the second generation model at this point, but. When you get them, uh, say, from the refurbished store or you, or you buy them secondhand, you can get some really great deals on them. Um, so that makes it really uh, quite an appealing proposition when you're doing a home, new home theater setup or something like that. True. It, it, they are great for, for home theater. I mean, that's kind of been what I've harped on forever. Um, if you live in a small apartment or got like a smaller living room in your house and you just or you just don't need like a massive surround sound setup it doesn't even have to be small the size really doesn't matter because it's truly that good um but like if you just you know you just want better sound coming out of your speakers you don't want to buy a sound bar or you want more apple functionality than a sound bar you could totally just get two home pods um and pair them together with your apple tv and it works so well that i don't know why anyone would really go out and get Anything else, if you're in the Apple ecosystem and if you were thinking about HomePods, I mean, that there's kind of some specifics as to why you would, but uh, they just make total sense to me, honestly. Um, I don't really use them for anything else. I do not use them for smart home stuff because I'm still trapped in the whole Google thing, even though I'm not really trapped anymore with the whole uh, Matter stuff. And I don't know, we don't really use like smart home stuff the way it should be. Honestly, we use our Google Homes for like asking questions and watching videos on it, it's mostly because of the display. Like once Apple comes with a display version, 
I don't think we have a problem switching completely. Um, and then just like turning on a few lights and stuff, which I'm pretty sure we can do um, with uh, with our with our home pods. Uh, we used ours for our tree. That's a huge thing to not have to unplug our Christmas tree. So I don't know if you had to do that with uh, with your home pod, but that that's that's a big thing around Christmas time. Not having to go in and manually plug in and unplug your Christmas tree. Anyways, uh, yeah, so the HomePod, you briefly mentioned the new Macs, and that did actually eventually happen in January. Um, we got the new M2 Pro and M2 Max MacBook Pro uh, alongside a M2 Pro Mac Mini. Um, <clears throat> those are, I don't know, it's so hard to talk about this going back because we got M3 later on this year. Um, but those those M2 Pro and Max chips were just so good that, like, I don't, I don't really know how to reflect on them now that I'm in the M3 mode, but, um, you know, were you, uh, were you finally relieved that we didn't have to keep talking about it and that they actually came out in Jan? Wasn't that the, 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 uh, they released them via a video? Like it was an event, but it got scrapped. Uh, well, it, it looked like Apple did plan to release all of this stuff much earlier in October, but for whatever reason, it didn't happen. I think it was something, uh, where this emerged where, with the printing and the packaging, um, some of it dated back months, which suggested that it had been planned for some earlier point, or maybe there was some metadata found in the the video you're mentioning that it was uh, actually intended to come out way earlier. But I agree, it's kind of difficult to reflect on those now because they were they were around for what felt like such a short space of time. Um, I think the Mac Mini was a little bit more interesting because we hadn't seen a more powerful Apple Silicon Mac Mini prior to that yeah. point. Prior to that point, we just had the M1 Mac Mini. Um, which had been around since the launch of Apple Silicon in November 2020. So that was getting on quite a bit at that point. And the option to have that M2 Pro uh, chip in the Mac Mini is a really great proposition for uh, those who don't really need all the power of a Mac Studio. Um, so someone like myself, for example, where I find the entry-level <clears> chip <throat> not really enough, I have the M1 Mac Mini and its struggles. Um, the ability to upgrade to a pro level chip, um, it just fits perfectly for me in the Mac lineup. People were freaking out about the Mac uh, mini with the M2 Pro in terms of like the creator landscape. All of the people that I follow are, uh, you know, kind of in that world. And they were like, I don't need a Mac studio. I don't need, you know, if I want a desktop, this is like the perfect one. I am very curious as to how many people stuck with that and didn't just upgrade to the new Mac studio that happened later or the uh, new MacBook Pros. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I still have one that I use to power the podcast when I'm not here at home. And uh, it is great. It can do everything. It's what I use to record everything on for this podcast edit it all on it just it does a great job um and you really don't need a mac studio or a very expensive max macbook pro like that you can totally get away with it for sure um i agree with that uh okay so then according to our timeline notes here was it really that dead from february to may was there really just nothing that went on this episode of the mac rumor show is sponsored by masterclass 
I'll admit it, I'm not the best person when it comes to my personal finances. There's definitely a lot of room for improvement when it comes to cutting costs, saving more money, but most importantly, taking my saved money and then making smarter investments. There's a Mastering the Markets class on Masterclass that really gave me some great insight that I'm trying to implement into my personal life. Whether you're watching Masterclass on TV, listening in audio mode, in the app, or on their website, the quality speaks for itself. It's like Masterclass instructor are your own personal mentors that are going to help you reach the next level. How much would it cost to take a one-on-one class from the world's best? Easily hundreds to thousands of dollars. With a Masterclass annual membership, it's only $10 a month. So memberships will start at $120 a year for unlimited access to one-on-one classes with all 180-plus Masterclass instructors. You'll learn how to negotiate a raise with Chris Voss or manage your relationships with Esther Pearl. Again, there are over 180-plus classes to choose from, with new classes being added every month. Take classes from MKBHD and become a tech YouTuber, or do what I did and learn more about your personal finances and how to manage your money in the Mastering the Markets class. So this holiday season, give one annual membership and get one free at masterclass.com Mac. Right now, again, you can get two memberships for the price of one at masterclass.com Mac. That's masterclass.com Mac. Offer terms do apply. Thanks, Masterclass, for sponsoring this episode. Well, that's the time when rumors really start to heat up. So I think there was plenty that we were talking about in that time. Right. Um, But like nothing came out. No. um, I mean, normally we wouldn't really get anything in January anyway. We would expect something maybe in March. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was was very quiet um, this year. And of course, we've had no iPads. We've had basically no new AirPods. I know we had the the USB-C airpods pro which i'm sure we'll get to but it's been a quiet year for a lot of apple's product lines definitely not the mac um but with no ipads no airpods um it's all been a it's all been a little bit of a strange year but i guess that's ultimately the consequence of the pandemic filtering through and kind of messing with apple's supply chains and development timelines into this year so yeah that was a that was a quiet time leading into may yeah no um (laughs) no no uh no other product this year got more hype than the mac like way more Macs this year or it just at least it seemed like there was than any other year in my opinion but uh in may we did get some news that was pretty awesome for me and then you can go ahead and call me out if you need to but final cut pro and logic pro for the ipad were officially announced that was actually while we were we were all together for our uh little Mac rumors retreat that we had in May. And I just remember running down the stairs and being like, yo, what just happened? Final Cut Pro? Like, I have to make a video on this from my little bedroom in our our shared space. Like, this is crazy. And I was so excited. And then I proceeded to use it one time. Okay, that's not true. I've used it a couple of times. But uh, yeah, I know. I know. I know. We've been through this. You, You guys can call me a poser, I guess. It's just, it, I thought when they were, if they were to ever do this and bring over Logic and Final Cut, specifically Final Cut, that it would just have been like a one-to-one like copy in terms of the way it looks and feels and the, especially the keyboard shortcuts and like the way we use it on the Mac. But then, you know, yeah, you can introduce things like touch-oriented things, uh, but don't strip down the basic uses of it. And they did. <laughs> I didn't like that. 
And, uh, you know, I just didn't want to relearn how to do everything. It is very useful for shorts, I will say, which I think I've said before. Like if I shoot something on my phone, I can then go ahead and immediately edit it on my iPad because the photo library is synced up and everything. And it's just super easy. Um, so I do like that and I can manage a quick short video edit. Those are very, very simple edits. Um, and if I just wanted to do it on a larger device, I can do that. But yeah, I mean, I was, I was pretty disappointed in the fact that it was pretty different. Uh, there are some great features that came with Final Cut Pro though, um, on the iPad where you can use your Apple pencil and, you know, write out, draw out some things. And those have been animated automatically and some cool things looking forward to like updates with that, but you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself and saying, I'm going to go back to being an iPad only person because we all know that was a lie. And I'm very sorry for lying. Hartley, what were your thoughts on it? As someone who definitely uses Final Cut Pro and Logic Pro on a regular basis, he says with sarcasm. Yeah, so this was, <laughs> this was a bit of an interesting one um, because it felt so overdue, <clears throat> but I don't think it's really turned out to be what a lot of people like you really hoped it would be, which was right. uh, the fully fledged version of Final Cut or Logic from the Mac. And I think the reason for that is none of Apple's iPad apps are behave like that. Um, everything is sort of considered on the iPad as being a different experience, something that is an accompaniment to the Mac. And I don't think that <clears throat> Apple is intending that anyone that currently edits with Final Cut on their Mac switches over to an iPad Pro completely. I think it's intended maybe for a new generation of content creators that maybe only have an iPad while they're at college um, and they get used to using that device and then they have an option maybe for if they're creating short form content um, yeah. and it means they don't ever need to go near a Mac. And of course, there is the other elephant in the room, which is Vision Pro, which presumably will eventually be able to run a variant of this version of Final Cut and Logic. Um, which also will ultimately be quite important. But uh, I think that's kind of how it's positioned. It isn't an outright replacement for the Mac versions of these apps. All right, guys, I'm calling it right now. <clears throat> I'm going to strictly use Final Cut Pro on the Vision Pro for everything. I'm going to... I can't even say it with a straight face. I don't want to. I don't want to put it out there. That that actually seems yeah, less I likely would, to me. <laughs> I wouldn't hold yourself to that one. That actually seems less likely for me than. God, could you imagine a multi-hour edit with the headset on? That just sounds like torture. But I will say I am reflecting like this as someone who's been using the MetaQuest Three a lot lately. Um, that I could never do that. I could never on that. But if I go back in time to when I got to try out the Vision Pro, uh, it was an experience in which I didn't feel that uncomfortable. So maybe it's possible. I really need to get my hands on it again. I cannot wait for this thing to come out so that we can, you know, like actually talk about more of the device and not about what it can do and what it is doing. But mm. that's another conversation for later on. Um but yeah, I mean, with, with Final Cut Pro and in, in, in general on the iPad, I think I just need to, to sit down, honestly, and just test it out more. But it, it is not just me, I feel like. Like you said, other people. I wonder how many people who were like me and were excited and said they were going to use it full time. Like, they don't need a Mac. Like, I wonder how many of those people actually are doing that. Maybe Chris, our buddy Chris Lolly, who came on the show, who's a super, you know, really good iPad creator. I know he has been full iPad at one point, then went back to Mac and iPad. And now I believe 
I saw that he just went back to the iPads. Maybe we should have him back on when the uh, definitely when the new iPads come out in the future. We should have him on and see if he's still doing that and how things are working out for him. But for right now, I uh, I had to be a poser in that situation, I guess. All right. So then moving on to June. We all know what happened in June. This is a huge month. So uh, we got Vision Pro announced at WWDC alongside iOS 17, iPadOS, watchOS, macOS, tvOS, all of that. Um, Hartley, besides Vision Pro, what was the one thing at WWDC that you were really, um, like, really excited about that that happened? Kind of putting you on the spot. So if you need a minute, go ahead. That I was excited about. Maybe okay. You can you can do this in one or two ways. One something that you were hoping that was going to happen, or something that you saw that you weren't expecting that you were excited that happened. So that's an interesting question. Um, I think that one of the takeaways that I had that I wasn't expecting to have was um, quite how how much standby mode in iOS seventeen um, seems to be laying the groundwork for a future HomePod with a display. It seems like it's kind of in plain sight. It's like a feature that basically allows... You love standby mode. (laughs) I do. I do. I do love it. Um, But it's something that... uh, Basically, it's only a good experience on uh, the iPhone 14 Pro or iPhone 15 Pro um, because then your display doesn't shut off when it's on charge. But thinking forward, if we get that on the iPad Pros... Um, that's going to be a complete game changer if you can have your a full a full screen view of your calendar up um, on those OLED displays that we're expecting, and ultimately we're also expecting this to come to future Mac. So imagine it on an iMac um, <clears throat> in the future that you you just have uh, on a on a worktop nearby, providing that kind of contextual information, and obviously, as I say, on HomePod, um, and it feels to me like. A little bit like how Apple introduced spatial audio ultimately to end up in the Vision Pro. Um, I think Apple drops these features on us sometimes, um, and they kind of their their true intention is kind of hiding in plain sight. Because let's be honest, other than in nightstand mode, the iPhone is a little bit small on a desk to be really useful in standby mode, um, or at least as useful as it could be on a larger screen device. So that maybe isn't the most uh, the most exciting thing but <clears throat> no but I, that's a good I answer me a lot to think about coming out of WWDC at least i like that idea well that concept and i i guess i didn't really think about it all too much that it you know lays the groundwork for like an ipad version of standby cuz that is ultimately very useful i'm looking right off to my left here and i've got uh, a larger like the google or is it nest hub max Um, so it's a little bit larger version and like just seeing pictures of my family scroll by every so often like that that would be really cool on your ipad at work or you know at your desk at home just to have that ability um and just be able to see all that useful information and then on a mac like you said even better um man and then i was thinking like oh i would love that on my uh my pro display or my studio display but those are not oled but then i thought about an oled version of those displays and i started to get a little excited uh, I'll temper those expectations for now, but um, I guess for me, I don't really know. I, don't, I asked you a question. I don't even have an answer for myself. <laughs> um, I guess it was finally nice to see the uh, the uh, the um, widgets be interactive, but I'm kind of disappointed mm. at yeah, how the for a long time. Yeah, but I'm kind of disappointed that like they haven't been really that useful. 
both with Apple's first party and some of the, I guess that maybe I'm just not using a lot of the third party uh, developer apps with widgets, but I just feel like there hasn't been, you know, we haven't been taking advantage of that quite as much. Like the music one, isn't it just to, to play pause? Yeah, I believe so. Um, yeah, I you can't. Why can't we skip tracks? Animated experience with buttons and toggles. And yeah, yeah. Why can't we skip? Why can't we skip tracks and shuffle and like? Why can't it do that? Why? Why wouldn't you want that? Maybe it's coming. Um, maybe maybe that experience will be built out a little more. I mean, widgets have definitely yeah. got way better. I mean, look at how Apple has basically thrown them into the smart stack on the Apple Watch. We've got them on the lock screen now. Obviously, they widgets are the basis of standby mode. So Apple's, widgets on the Mac, you know, all in on widgets at this point. Um, yeah, um, and even having syncing iPhone widgets to the Mac. So I'm sure that we're going to hear plenty more about refinements to widgets going forward. Good, good. Um... Before, we'll talk about Vision Pro in a minute. I, that, that's that's the biggest thing. But uh, alongside Vision Pro at that event, there was also a 15-inch MacBook Air, which we were all maybe excited about. I was excited about. I feel like there was a lot of hype for that. Um, yeah. And then the the M2 Max and M2 Ultra Mac Studio and M2 Ultra Mac Pros were also kind of there. But those maybe didn't get a lot of hype because... You know, it's so expensive, such a, a niche m- machine. Um, so, you know, but it was it was nice to see. I mean, the Mac Pro still baffles me. I still don't quite understand. I mean, I know the appeal is that you have the the uh, uh, PCIe expansion, but that's really it. There is no other reason. Like, if you don't need that, if you don't need that, then you can just get a, a Mac Studio and be fine. That's it. That's it's really a, a really intriguing device because it was so clearly not Apple's intention all the way yeah. through. Um, right, they they were working on something um, that was was a was a new design at least, um, and apparently had considered some new ways of approaching uh, some of these issues like memory um, and uh, in a new chassis that presumably would have offered a slightly different experience. But that chassis is gone. Um, and obviously the biggest thing was this rumored um, M2 Extreme chip that was in mm. the works, but it was just too expensive for Apple to provide, um, supposedly. Um, and so it just went for M2 Ultra, and that is now the most powerful Apple Silicon chip. But there was going to be one better, which would have effectively been four M2 Maxes in one uh, package. So... It's a shame that we wouldn't have got that because then you could have really seen the use case for the Mac Pro as the crown and glory of the of the lineup. But instead, it just feels like a little bit of a strange device because it's just a Mac Studio with PCIe slots. Yeah. I mean, that's really it. Uh, the 15-inch MacBook Air, um, <clears throat> that is honestly my go-to recommendation for anyone asking me what kind of Mac they can buy. It's really the MacBook Air in general, but I kind of push everyone towards the 15 if they want that, you know, if if they think a 13 is too small. Um, I just think they're honestly the best, best Macs you can buy at the price point that they're in. Let's just put it that way. Aside from a Mac mini, but that kind of requires a little bit more work on your end to get, you know, a decent, uh, a decent display and peripherals and all of that. So uh, Hartley, what are you? How do you feel about the the MacBook Air and the 15 inch model specifically? Yeah, I think it's great. I think the only criticism I have of it is it's a shame it doesn't squeeze a little better battery life. It's got the same battery life as the 13 inch model. 
Um, which yeah, is a but the battery life is so good already, though. Battery. Yeah, it is. It is really good, and I'm I'm really grasping at straws here because it's it is a great machine, and there's something yeah. about the thinness of that design from the 13 inch that translates so nicely because of course it's no thicker so it, it sort of gives the impression of somehow being even more um impossibly thin with such a large display um so i completely agree it's a it's a great device um personally i use a 14 inch macbook pro and i am so tempted by that 15 inch macbook air just to get that little bit extra um screen real estate and just something that just feels a little bit more portable. And whenever I go in an Apple store, it's I'm always drawn to that device. I don't know why. I don't know if it's just the form factor and the design. There's something that is really appealing about it to me. I have that same feeling with the 14-inch. It's just Because, like, from a MacBook Pro perspective, the 14-inch is just like, I use the 16, I'm like, yeah, this is great. And then I, I look at the 14, and I'm like, ah, but it just actually fits in everything, and it isn't a brick. Um I I think I'm just kind of a mess when it comes to sizes. Like I always just go for the biggest and best, but like I don't actually need that. Nobody does for the most part. And and then you know I don't know. I just I need to do some reflecting on myself. You know, no, I, I'm what does that mean? <laughs> I always I always feel that whatever I buy, I always wish I had the other size. And then I will often change. What's wrong? What's wrong with us? It. What's wrong with us? Yeah, I just never satisfied. Yeah, well, but that's. I, I've learned now. I have to stick with the smaller sizes because even though I'll get jealous of the big size, I will be. I will generally be more contented with the smaller sizes. Um, generally, that's not a, that's a, shame. Not a hard rule though, because I am still very tempted by larger screen max. I always feel that this fourteen inch is a little too small. That's why I get tempted by the fifteen inch. So yeah, this this is this is the this is the curse. This is always the battle. Yeah. All right, well, here's one that we don't have to fight over because there's only one model, and that is the Vision Pro. Uh, but you will be tempted in its uh, in its appeal, but it also costs $3,500 and uh, is not necessarily meant for everyone, and Apple knows that. And so, yeah, but uh, I guess to update people, Vision Pro is expected in, like, the next month or two, February. Um, but we got this announced, obviously, about six months ago, a little more than that, at uh, WWDC. And it was, I don't know, do you think it was an iconic moment when it was first announced? Or just, was it not because we all know knew that it was coming? Like, nothing's going to beat the iPhone moment, right? Because, I mean, I guess I can't really remember back in 2007. But, like, that was that something that we all knew was coming for sure? Or was that something more of, like, oh, hey, this could happen? Apple might be doing this, but, like, it wasn't a huge, like, for sure we knew this was going to happen. Well, we've been expecting it for so long. Um, we were expecting it uh, to actually be announced in 2020. And the rumors were, uh, at the time, that Apple wanted to have hands-on at the launch. And obviously, um, with the pandemic, that wasn't a possibility for several years. Um, and it wasn't confident enough to go ahead and do that. Now, there is the other side of it, which is that uh, it was supposedly having a lot of thermal issues, it was having software issues, so it wasn't quite ready. But we have been talking about the launch of Vision Pro for so long. Um, and I have to admit, when there were the rumors that it was coming at WWDC, I was skeptical, because it felt like this should be such an important product unveiling. Why tack it on? to an event where they are going to be unveiling so many new software updates and probably new Macs, as indeed they did. Um, and this is kind of my criticism of, of uh, Vision Pro kind of looking back, which is 
I'm I'm basically sold on the device. I'm sold on the concept long term. I love the design. Uh, I, it's going to be hard for me to to resist um, buying one, but I didn't like the unveiling. That's that's my Why? only criticism. Um, when I look back at the Apple Watch unveiling, I love the Apple Watch unveiling. Um, I love the original iPhones unveiling. I love the iPads unveiling, um, but it just just fell completely flat for me. Um, I felt like they didn't sell it as um, uh, as as well as they could have done. I feel like a lot of people came away not particularly impressed by Vision Pro. I mean, even now, I don't feel that uh, in terms of Mac rumors readers, Vision Pro gets anywhere near the same level of interest of, as basically anything else we write about. I feel like when I write about something like um, an antitrust stuff related to Apple, that well, is that's, significantly more popular. That's, that's political, Pro. and everybody um, has a political opinion these days. So, of course, you're going to get you're going to get a bunch of, but, of traffic okay, maybe on that's, that. Maybe that's... Like some of this stuff feels boring. Some of some of this other, like the legal stuff, feels boring, um, and even like small rumors around the HomePod and stuff like that always seems to get way more interest uh, to me um, than Vision Pro. And I think that's an issue with how they sold it. I think that the the marketing idea of presenting it not as an AR VR headset, but as mixed reality and as spatial computing worked really well. But there was just something about the way that they actually revealed that device and with some of the creative choices with like they're showing the guy with the strap over the top and he's taking video of his kids and it all feels a bit weird um and the fact that none of the executives are brave enough to actually be seen wearing it because they know that it looks weird um (laughs) it's just I, i i i it's not an issue with the device i just think that I would have liked them to be a little bit more confident in it, and I would like them to have sold it um, a little bit more confidently at the price point that it's at, and actually show some really useful applications. If you're going to tell me that this is a spatial computer, show me spatial computing. Show me what that looks like. Show me what video editing looks like. Show me what my average working day would look like in that context. But instead, they I feel like they just showed a few little use cases where you know you here's what it like if you uh, here's what it's like if you want a home theater set up. Here's what it's like if you want some interesting backgrounds when you're doing your your work. Here's what it's like to capture um, spatial video. Um, but it, it didn't kind of knit together. And I don't know if it was just the, the presenters, but the presenters didn't seem to really be selling it. Um, and it just well, made me want for like Phil Schiller and Johnny Ive and the the old way that Apple used to do things. It just felt well, that's my me. that's my theory on this is there's a couple of things that I'm going to try to answer here on what you just said. Number one, I think the reason why it falls flat is because all of the other announcements that you talked about were in person. Yes, they had videos to go along with it, but then like you'd have them come out and be like, here it is. And they're like holding it and they're everyone's cheering. And there's like a crowd aspect. I feel like it wasn't as bad because I was actually in the crowd with other people. And so there were like kind of a, a you know, there was excitement there. But if I was at home, I'd probably feel exactly the same way as you. I would just be sitting alone in a room watching a video of people talking about it. And, like, no one is wearing it except for, like, random people in this product video. And then number two, um, the reason why I think that you're not getting a lot of traffic on it is because I feel like it's 
it's the price. That's got to be the most obvious thing is that people know they're not going to buy it. So why look into it that much? It's only going to be for the hardcore people who are just super interested in reading that anyways. But like your average consumer who's looking it up because they're interested in actually buying it, that's not going to happen right now. I, I think when it actually does come out and it makes its way around the news again, you'll probably see an uptick in that. But again, it'll probably stay the same way. And then number three, what pisses me off the most about Apple and the fact that the rumor is it's not happening, uh, another event is not happening, is like what you said. This is a prime example, a prime opportunity for Apple to show what you just said. Show me how it works with my daily workflow. Show me the apps that I'm going to incorporate into my routine for work and how spatial compute. This is the opportunity. They didn't do that then. They could do it now. They could do it with developers who have spent the last six months and change actually developing the apps. And they can come on stage and they can talk about how their apps will benefit you. And they're just not going to do that. And I'm, I'm guessing there's going to be product material and stuff and you'll get people you know, you'll get Marquez out there who's probably had it already for months, just, you know, playing around with it, telling him how he's going to use But like, it's not the same where you're not hearing from, you know, the people who made it. I want to know why they made it for us uh, and why we should be using it. Um, I don't know. But then there's going to be, you know, hypocritically, I'm going to be using it and telling you why you should use it. So <laughs> you should still watch those videos. If you can, please, thank you. Uh, but yeah, I just, I think another event should happen. I feel like it's just, it's strange that they're not doing mm. that. And I know that this isn't something that Apple wants to sell. And I, I don't think the event is primarily to sell the Vision Pro. It's just to sell the concept of what you're going after here for the future. Um, but yeah, that's my take on on all that. I don't know. Vision Pro, oh, it's I coming soon. That. It's coming soon. Um, all right, September, we got the official release of all this stuff that we talked about uh, from WWDC, not named Vision Pro. So all of the operating systems. Uh, but we also, you know, it's September's iPhone and Apple Watch season. So we got new iPhones, the iPhone 15, 15 Plus, 15 Pro, 15 Pro Max, and then the Series 9 and Ultra 2, which lasted only a few months. But did it? Did it really? Because temporary, you know, the whole, I'm referring to the ban that happened, but then it was lifted. We'll talk about that. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on the unveiling? Were you a little more excited about the unveiling of the iPhone 15 and like the titanium and stuff? Or was that also kind of a dud for you? No, I was really pleased with the iPhone 15. I was a huge fan yeah. of the iPhone 14 Pro. Um, I think a lot of people were. The iPhone 14 Pro, I think, really impressed people a lot more than its predecessor. Um, but for me, the iPhone 15 Pro really does feel like a much more refined experience because it really, it's got all of those things that we liked about the iPhone 14 Pro, but it just refined that experience. So with things like, uh, I love the new portrait mode, um, titanium just being that little bit lighter um, and having that slightly smaller footprint and the slight sort of curve to the design. I mean, you know, I could hand this phone to... To, to someone else and they'll say yeah this is just the same as last year's model um because it's not a radically different design but it just feels so much nicer in the hand um and i've really enjoyed using it um so yeah i have no complaints about the iphone 15 pro whatsoever <clears throat> yeah i mean i'm kind of right there with you and it, it kind of took me i was not at all that excited about the iphone 15 uh with all the rumors and stuff i'm like eh like, you know, how much better could it be? The action button was intriguing, um, but it was, it took me until I actually, like, 
got to see it and use it to be like, okay, no, no, this is actually pretty good. Uh, the titanium is fantastic. Although I, I will say I suffered a drop that delivered some, some blows that I was not happy about. So it's a little, a little chipped here at the top, which makes me very sad. A couple of scuffs on the, uh, on the titanium, but otherwise, I mean, it's held up pretty well. Uh, and I have been caseless since then. So, uh, since it first came out, but yeah, I mean, it's not the titanium's fault. I dropped it on concrete for God's sake. So <clears throat> what were you going to say, Hartley? What do you think about USB-C? Uh, it, it's nice in the pinch of like me being able to plug in more things. I just used it. I just got USB-C AirPods, um, because I, uh, RIP my other ones, but, um, I, uh, just got this and I actually used the USB-C functionality to charge it with my phone. Um, cause I needed to charge them for a minute and I had a cord, but I didn't have a place to plug it in cause I just had the cord. So I plugged it into my phone and, uh, yeah, that was actually kind of cool to be able to use that. Um, I don't know. Other than that, I mean, I, I haven't really been using it. Like I'm not, I'm not going to pretend that I'm going out there shooting a lot of footage with my phone that I require a SSD to be plugged in, but I'm happy that that's, that that's something you can do. And I'm happy that any like USB-C accessory for the most part could probably be plugged in to your iPhone yeah. and be used. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy that it's there and I'm sure it'll be useful when that situation arises, but it's not something that I really use on a, I don't even plug in my phone to be charged on a nightly basis. I use MagSafe for that. So, but I'm, I'm happy it's there. I really am. It's, but with that said, it hasn't been, it's been a good change for me personally, whereas all my devices now use USB-C, but it's been a bad change for like the real world where not everyone has this. And so when I am in a car with somebody else and I do need to get like a charge, oh, you need a cable? Hold on, let me give you one. And it's lightning. Or in my uh, situation with my wife, she still got a, a phone with lightning on it. And uh, in the car, you know, when I drive, I plug in my phone to use CarPlay because we don't have wireless. So I we have to have two different cables in there. So I'm often like unplugging hers and plugging mine in. And it's just been kind of a slight inconvenience. Definitely a, a first world problem here. But, uh, you know, that that's where that becomes kind of an issue. So in a few years, it'll be fine once everybody is kind of in the USB-C landscape and we can kind of push lightning off into the sunset, but yeah. And then, uh, the cameras, I know you don't like the five X, but I love it. So I think it takes some great pictures for the telephoto. Um, and then the, the 15 itself was also a really good update. I think that's kind of my phone recommendation, like the MacBook air it's similar. It's similar. You know, what, what iPhone should I get? You know, if you don't have a 14, anything older than that, definitely get a 15 or a 15 plus. I think it's great. Um, but that's, that's really it for that. Yeah, they're, they're really nicely rounded devices. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like the, the entry-level iPhone has never really had that much love, um, never really had that much attention from Apple. But now they feel like serious devices that are, are really are appropriate for average consumers. Um, and it's the first time I would say to an average, the, the kind of the baseline person that uses their phone quite a lot, but not maybe like how we would um, oh, yeah. absolutely go for the standard line and not, not upgrade to the pros. I'm going to be honest with you for like 90% of my daily use for a phone. Uh, I am in the same 
realm as everybody else. I don't consider myself a pro user until sometime like next week or two weeks when I go to CES and I'm like, okay, I'm filming for my job, um, you know, when I need the cameras. But for camera perspective, like for me, 99% of my life, I could get away with a 15 having the two cameras and be totally fine with it. It's nice to have that telephoto lens because it takes really good portraits, but like that is a nice to have, not a necessity. I could totally be fine with a non-pro version of the iPhone and be 100% happy. And I think that's why I recommend it to most people because everybody uses their phone a ton, unfortunately, these days, uh, but not everybody uses them to the maximum potential because they just don't need it. So, uh, all right, let's rapid fire on some of these. Apple Watch Series 9, Apple Watch Ultra 2. We can agree, kind of a dud. Don't really care, except for the. Yeah. Do, do you use this? I never use this. I forget. That. I forget that I have this. I'm doing it right now, and I, it's amazing. It's fantastic technology. I think it's wonderful. I'm doing the little. I don't know if you guys. For those who are listening, I'm doing the double tap finger tap thing to get my Apple Watch to move. I have never actively remembered to use that in the real world. Have you? I don't have a Series Nine. Um, oh, so okay. Well, I have a Series so 8, no. So it didn't seem worth it because that's how how small the upgrade yeah. is. But it's the only feature I do actually care about. Um, I would you, use it. I definitely would. You would. Um, but you would. Yeah, are you yeah, are you pulling a Dan here? Yeah. Are you? Yeah. You're pulling a Dan here, aren't you? With Final Cut Pro. No, no. I, I genuinely. <laughs> there's there's plenty of times. There's plenty of times when, you know, we've all done it. We've tried to use like our nose or our chin or something to like activate our Apple Watch when, um, when one hand is is occupied. So. Yeah, I definitely would, would use that. <clears throat> the problem with some of these features is that I'm so predispositioned in my head to like use my nose or another part of my body because we didn't have it that I cannot seem to train myself to remember like, oh, no, 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 just do this because you don't need to use your nose anymore like a fool. I'm still doing that. I am still doing that, which makes me sad. Um, so maybe I just need to like, I don't know somehow drill it down into my brain i gotta i gotta actively remember uh okay and then we also got airpods pro 2 with USB-C, which is what i have here um and then actually just to well did we talk about this i'm looking at the notes here but um the USB-C case was actually announced uh like what two weeks ago yes yeah so we we did yeah. get kind of out of order here but for those of you who were like oh man i really want all my products to be USB-C, but i don't want to spend and buy a new set of AirPods, you can now get the case. Isn't that like $100? That sounds ridiculous. I would just recommend not doing that and using MagSafe. Is it $79 or $99? I'm trying to go off the top of my head here. Yeah, I'm not a, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, I don't I think, think it's think... worth it because you miss out on that. <laughs> no. if, I mean, if, you, if, you're, if you're a tech enthusiast um, just... you're, and, and you plan on getting Vision Pro, it's definitely not worth it because you miss out on that lossless audio. Um, and also, you know, AirPods don't last forever. So just get yourself a new pair. Um, yeah, it's, get, it's a way better buying decision. That was kind of what I had. A, something was going on with my charging case. So I was like, could I buy Should I buy a new case? Which I think I might still end up doing because the AirPods that I had before are fine. Um, so I'm going to buy a new case. But I was like, eh, you know what? I might just buy a new set because of the new lossless audio features and everything. But that also forces me to have to be a uh, Air, uh, Apple Music user so it's just another another step in the direction of me being forced to use apple music here uh hartley i know you're you're clamoring for me to use apple music over spotify yeah do it do it dan <laughs> it's I, I i want to i want to see 
your in-depth opinion about whether it really is better than can you can you follow this is how much i don't even know can you follow people on apple music can i like see your music library yeah Yeah. can i see can you yeah you can't like see if I went library, but you can see what oh. I'm listening to, and and if I pin playlists publicly, you can see them. I mean, see, this I... is one of the things about Apple Music that I wish that they would make better because I love those sorts of social features, but yeah, not enough people really use them. But I like, oh, I... I like the the friends mix um, that it that it makes because I like to see who's been listening to different stuff, and um, it's, yeah. it's just I don't know, it's just a nice a nice little activity. I think that'd be cool. Like, there should be a little social network there. Like, if I post a song being like, hey, you should check this out. I really like this song or something like that. I would love to see everybody's library. I could spend hours scrolling through and just, like, seeing what people have in their library for inspiration. Because, like, you know, you get into those music phases where you're like, I'm sick of what I'm listening to. I can't find anything new. I need recommendations. So, um, or at least that's what happens to me. But all right, in October we got the Apple Pencil with USB-C. <laughs> that was interesting. There was a lot of confusion about that. I think people were very confused as to why this Apple Pencil exists. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even really want to talk about it because it kind of upsets me. But <laughs> it, is, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, it will, it will all make sense when the iPad, yeah. uh, the Ninth generation iPad is discontinued. The right. entry level first generation Apple Pencil right. is discontinued. I mean, I right. guess that's not entry level, but you know what I mean. It's the first generation, yes. um, and then we've got a nice entry level Apple Pencil, and we've got the Apple Pencil yeah. Two, um, and, and everything works with everything across the iPad lineup except the Apple Pencil Two, which doesn't work with the tenth generation iPad. But other than that, that's where we'll be, and I think that makes way more sense. And I'm hoping they switch the naming up to like Apple Pencil Pro and Apple Pencil because then that just makes it so much more like, okay, I understand what this is for. Um, But as of right now, yeah, it's not the product itself. The product itself is fine. It is what it is. Um, I actually really love the fact that they made that cool little sliding cap feature where the cap doesn't come off because that was one of that. That was the second dumbest thing about the original Apple Pencil. The first being the way it charged. So we're almost there. We're almost there. Um, but yeah, all right. And then we got weirdly enough new Max in that scary fast event. Probably one of the l- most underwhelming events of all time, but cool, I guess, because we got new Max, but also just like, why are we getting new Max uh, already? Why are we getting new Apple Silicon chips already when we just got M2 Pro and M2 Max in January and like M3 is already here, but they're also already here with the M3 Pro and M3 Max. I mean, I don't really have much to say besides the fact that they're faster, better than what you had before, which is obvious. Um, but I wouldn't say that they're that drastically better unless you're coming from like an Intel or an M1. Um, seems to be the consensus there. Space Black options cool. It is definitely fingerprint resistant uh, compared to most of the other options out there, aside from silver, I feel like. But uh, yeah, and then we also got an M3 iMac. I don't know. Do you have anything to say about the month of October? Well, it seems like we spend a lot of the time complaining about things being left too long without being update uh, without being updated. So this yeah. is one time when we have just got a nice little update, and I'm hesitant to complain too much about it. My issue with is with none of the devices. A little bit like with Vision Pro, I just thought it was a completely underwhelming event to get people excited about. When uh, the iMac in particular, it's just the chip. Not even a new color option. 
not even USB-C peripherals, literally just M3. Um, not an M3 Pro, just M3, which is fine, but it could have been a press release. I mean, we've had bigger stuff in press right. releases. So I did find that a little underwhelming, but if you're in the market for an iMac, um, then yeah, I suppose that's good. Um, and with we regards might... to the, the MacBook Pros, um, yeah, the, the well... M2 uh, Pro uh, is the only one that really sticks out as a kind of a, a little bit of a sore point uh, because uh, it's missing out on on some of those extra cores. Um, so it really is not an upgrade over its predecessor, but the other chips are, are good enough. And I think we do have to give uh, a special mention to the entry-level MacBook Pro because the 13-inch mm. is dead, the touch bar is dead, um, and that does feel like a, a refreshing move forward for the Mac lineup, um, which now definitely is looking really nice and clean, makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, unlike the iPad lineup. Uh, in November, we got a pretty big announcement, in my opinion, and I don't know how many people care out there, but support for RCS is going to happen. We also got this whole beeper thing. I think that kind of bled into December. It could have been December. I don't know. Everything kind of bleeds into me or for me these days. Um, but like that was kind of a step of like, okay, the EU is, you know, thinking that iMessage is like a gatekeeping thing. And so... I feel like this was kind of a way to, and also there was this whole thing about uh, nothing releasing its own chat. That's uh, just like Beeper. There's an app called Sunbird that kind of does similar things where it can make uh, iMessage on Android basically or give off the illusion of that functionality. But then uh, Beeper came out with Beeper Mini where it was basically sending fake credentials to Apple um, or just credential. I don't know. We we tried to get we tried to get the the um, we talked to Eric, who who uh, is the CEO, of, or I talked to him, who, who's the CEO of Beeper, and uh, you know he politely declined to come on, but he did give me a bunch of like, well, he gave everyone. He, he sent me his uh, the the thing that Beeper, like a blog post that they put out that answered a lot of the questions. Where a lot of the questions that were like asked in this Q and A sounded like a lot of things that came from you Hartley which I think you were just also echoing the sentiments of people who are skeptical but like it seemed like some of the questions were directly taken from our podcast where we did talk about it um he he you know I understand he doesn't want to come on and talk and feel like he's going to be in a position where he has to you know defend what they were doing because he feels strongly about his product but I mean I know I don't think that that's what it was going to be but that's fine. Um, I have even stressed that I am still a Beeper supporter. I'm pretty sure I'm still paying for it. I probably should cancel that, not because uh, of the product itself, but because I'm just not using it as much as I should be. I just wanted to try it out. Um, <clears throat> but I, I mean, I do, I do like it, and I can't wait. And when RCS does happen, um, I think the what makes Beeper still an appealing uh, app is that it can consolidate all of the other chat apps out there. Um, it can do Slack, which is huge. I, we use Slack for our entire communication as a company. Um, it uses WhatsApp. It uses a bunch of like Facebook Messenger. If you are active on all of these chat apps, to have it in just one thing along with RCS and, you know, basically it would be iMessage for those who are using an Android phone. Like that's, that's huge. So I'm pretty interested in that app uh, still as somebody who uses Android phones um, when testing them out. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I hope Beeper finds a way to still coexist. But um, if you want to know all of the answers to the questions that they have, 
you can check out their blog post that they posted. Um, and maybe one day Eric can still come on and talk about the app if he'd like to. But um, that was kind of the biggest stuff for like November going into December alongside the Apple Watch Series 9 and Apple Watch Ultra 2 band that happened, which you can listen to last week's episode if you want to know more about that. Uh, but briefly, we didn't get a chance. This is going to be the last thing that we're going to talk about very, very briefly. Um, Apple got the CarPlay in at the final hour. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I think it looks great. Um, it's everything that I wanted it to be. We didn't see very much. We've just seen two little preview images. But I now completely get how when Apple said that automakers could sort of imprint their brand on how they choose to present that CarPlay experience, um, I now get it. Um, and uh, I think it looks great. Um, and all the more reason to uh, buy a vehicle from one of those two extremely expensive brands. <laughs> well, you know, the, the 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 hope and the the thought here is that it will be coming down to like more affordable brands, which I mean, cars these days are all just expensive, but you know, Ford and I believe Honda, I'm just trying to think of some of the like, you know, when I say affordable compared to the two that were announced, which was I'm going to say this correctly for all of you car people out there who roasted me in my CarPlay video. Uh, I believe the the snobby – well, it's not snobby. It is the correct way to say it. But I am American, and we say Porsche in America for some reason. But it's is it Porsche, right? Porsche is the correct way to say that, I believe. Yeah. And and then Aston Martin, I, I believe I have that correct. Uh, what was it? So I said Renault, but – do you know what the correct way is? It re, 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 I don't even I don't even know how to say it. It spelled like <laughs> Renault. People were roasting me, deservedly so. It's fine, whatever. I'm just not. And an Audi is Audi. I do know that. Um, but like here, if you go to an an Audi car dealership they say audi like that's just like even the people who own these franchises of these dealerships mispronounce it because in america that's just the way we say it so um you know just another way for everyone else to hate us <laughs> well I, it can't be any worse than me saying names of u.s football teams like what i don't know when you got me to to like read the list i don't know uh, oh yeah that's right we did do, that was fun that was like a tiktok thing back when people were like what are these <laughs> what are these uh team names and we gave you the logos and you had to guess them that those are fun um speaking of football big game tonight for my uh my, my browns that's why i'm working from home because where my studio is um is very close to the stadium and so i cannot use the parking lot on game days and this is our the, tonight's a prime time game and so i would have to pay like more money than i'm already paying for it or i have to park somewhere else a lot further away and i was like eh, it's just not worth going in today i'll just work from home um but yeah if we win tonight we go to the playoffs hartley which is huge i will be in attendance um the last time we went to the playoffs was 2020, but we weren't allowed to be in the, in the stadium because of COVID. Uh, and then the last time we went to the playoffs before that was like 2003, 2001 or 2003. I think it's 2003. That's a long time. Our team has been notoriously bad. And so for them to be good is a huge deal in this town. So uh, yeah, I expect to be screaming a lot tonight. Hopefully we win. So, uh, all right. Well, that's the end of that. That is the year in review. 
2023. And the next week, we'll probably start talking about 2024. Um, Harley, do you have anything you want to say to to the people before we end this year? Uh no, no. <laughs> well, I, I mean, uh, the one thing I would say is 2024 will be will be uh, will be way more interesting than 2023 for Apple News. Hartley does not care if you have a happy New Year. He just wants you to know that the news will be. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants you to know that this this next year is going to be great for Apple to make more money. Yeah, next year will be better news. than this one. You know, that's that's yeah. my uplifting. That's my uplifting conclusion. I like to think that that's the case every year you know that's what otherwise what's the point um all right yeah we'll catch everybody in the next episode 